Hello and welcome to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice and abundance. My name is Gabby. And my name is Gabby. Oh. oh. No, no, my name's Goose. Hey, Goose. Hello, <laughs> Go- Hello Gabby. <laughs> what did we discuss today, Goose? Uh, we discussed how to um, crush other people and get more money. That's a lie. That is a lie. You fibbing. Yeah, so today we discuss the art of ethical negotiation. Yes. Certainly from the standpoint of how we approach it. Yep. Yep. Bit of a bit of a sore point for a lot of people in particularly in real estate, I think, and in, in investing. Totally. In fact, recently uh, we actually had one of our clients we were buying another property for. They found a property that they wanted, a little caveat. I, I didn't think it was I didn't like where it was, but they wanted it. Uh, and they said, look, we have no idea how to negotiate and we just, we know what we want, uh, but we just, can you speak to the agent? We just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and which kind of highlighted a really interesting point. A lot of people don't know how to negotiate. Um, a lot of people lose deals because they don't know how to negotiate. And being a deal maker is really the key uh, to building a successful portfolio, a successful real estate business because that's what it is. As a real estate entrepreneur, you are building a business and what you are essentially doing as you build your portfolio is mergers and acquisitions, right? You need to understand how to merge you with the other person and how to acquire their assets. Mm. So if you think about it from a business perspective, understanding how to create win-win scenarios that are going to get you the leverage and the opportunity that you want to create greater levels of prosperity and abundance in your life is the key. If you are going to uh, continuously let the art of ethical negotiation slip by you, you are going to lose deals, waste time, shrink your opportunity and ultimately stunt your potential. So this is a good one. It's a good one. It is. (laughs) So in this episode, we cover the art of ethical negotiation. So the seven key points in the art of ethical negotiation, which is our understanding, empathy, assertiveness, knowledge, flexibility, integrity, and respect. And you might notice that none of those are how to fight somebody else, how to get the most amount of money, or how to aggressively dominate the other person in a sales environment. None of that is how you do it ethically, and that's not how you do it well. So if you really want to get the most out of your property journey, then this is for you. Big thing that I took away from this chat was um, seeing these like seven points laid out, it really makes enjoying the real estate industry possible. And you know, a lot of people feel like there's a sliminess or like a what's in it for me-ness about this industry. Whereas if you can understand these principles and apply it just to everything that you're doing, every, every piece of communication you have with everyone, any vendor you speak with, any agent you speak with, it just makes life and everything so much more enjoyable and fulfilling. And it doesn't mean as we go into, it doesn't mean that that suddenly makes you weaker or that you're going to, you know, less capable of getting your way it actually means everyone feels more fulfilled and more successful so totally yeah it's not even about buying houses you know if you want to go for tandoori and your wife wants to go for thai this is for you if you've got your (laughs) kids who don't want to do any homework this is for you if you're thinking about buying a car this is for you if you want to get a raise at your job if you're looking for a pay rise this is for you. If you're ever in an environment where you want something that somebody else has the power to give you or you need to try and uh, achieve some new goal and you need to be able to find common ground with somebody else to get and use that to your advantage, this is for you. Understanding these seven points is really what's going to help you to get more of what you want without 
making other people get less of what they want. Now, if you like this episode and if you like us, um, then it would be really beneficial to us if you helped uh, to help us to grow this podcast even further. You guys have been doing a great job so far. The podcast has grown really well and we're really pumped. Um, you know, it's, it, it enriches our days and it enriches our weeks to, to see the, uh, the, the rate at which this podcast is impacting people and the, and the depth that is starting to reach people. And that is super important and massively appreciated. So thank you. But do it some more. And <laughs> if you could share this um, podcast, uh, rate it, review it, like it, comment, send it to somebody else, do whatever. You know, print it out somehow and send it to your mom. I don't mind. But whatever you do, help us to spread the word because it's super important to us. And, of course, as you probably know and are blissfully aware, we run a buyer's agency. So we actually help people to uh, negotiate on properties, buy properties, build property portfolio strategies. And we actually help people to achieve their property goals 300 to 600% faster than the average investor. Mm-hmm. That's right. 300 to 600% faster than the average investor. And if you want to do that, and who wouldn't want to do that? If you want to do that, then I encourage you to grab a quick call with us to see if we're a good fit. You do that by heading to www.dashdot.com.au forward slash discovery call. We book in a 15-minute call with either me or one of the team, maybe even Gabby. You might even get lucky. Hello. And, <laughs> and if we think that we can help you achieve your property goals, awesome. And if not, that's totally awesome too. We'll see you in the right direction. And if you don't yet right now, if you're not like, I'm going to buy a property right now, but I still want more, give me more, give me more, give me more, then head to theinvestorlab.com.au. There's loads of resources and opportunities there, both free and compensated. And they include books, uh, free downloads, and of course, our exclusive online community, which you can get at uh, theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. But without further ado, let's get stuck into it. The art of ethical negotiation. See you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back! Wow. I'm jacked. <laughs> you are, I am, I am, I am. I, I woke up at 3.30 this morning and I leapt Jesus. out of bed. I leapt out of bed like a spring-loaded cat. <clears throat> and, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going back to sleep. I'm going mm. to read. Mm. Uh, so I did. I went and read, read a whole book. Nice. Very good book. What did too. you read? I'm not sure. Um, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was too early. No, no, it was, uh, it was a book by Keith Cunningham, the uh, the ultimate blueprint to blah, blah, long blah. Long title, yeah. Long, long, long title. Short book, long title. Short book, short book, long title, all about accounting. How fun. I, it was riveting, I'm excited. Actually. I'm excited was, to read it. It was riveting. So I think I'm, I can't remember. I'm a, little bit, uh, I'm a little bit all over the shop. Like all over the place, like a bag of yabbies in a puddle of milk, and I'm oh, just—I love, um, love that saying too. Classic, classic. What? Uh, you've just made another coffee. What coffee number is that today? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. What matters though is that we are back and we are here, and we're going to have another exciting, informative, and uh, exponential, Ooh. expansive. An exploratory podcast episode. What are we going to be talking about today, Gabo, <laughs> Gabatron? Look, I thought we'd have a conversation about ethical negotiation. Yes. Yes. Primarily because I think this intimidates quite a lot of people in the real estate 
industry. Like if you're if you're just a you know everyday person and you decide that you want to purchase a property, whether it's your home or an investment, part of that process is placing an offer and then negotiating in one way or another. Sometimes it might be really straightforward and you'll say, hey, can I buy it for this amount? And they'll come back and say, yes. And then you might have the doubt of, oh, I could have, could have said something different. I might have, might have saved a bit of cash. But, you know, clean, clean situation, clean, offer, accepted, done deal. Other times, they'll come back and be like, oh, can you go a bit, can you go a bit higher? I want a bit more. And then you wrestle again with those emotions of, oh, I really want it, but do I really want it that much? How hard do I push this? And for most people, like that's just not a skill that people are trained with, right? You're just a normal person having your normal communication skills. And then suddenly when you go to purchase a property, you're expected to have these kind of amazing deal-making conversation skills. And I mean, this is what, this is part of, it's one of the biggest skills that buyers agents bring to the table. So I thought we'd just talk about it a bit. Sounds great. Does it sound great? Yeah, and that was a really good, um, really good soliloquy to 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 get it all set up because I think I think it's a misunderstood and uh, b very hard for people to navigate. So I think mm. it's I think it's a good one. Mm. It's a good one. Where do you want to start? Well, we just quickly went over my notes because mm. um, we were talking about how I've a lot of my notes here I've got are about um, negotiating and sales in terms of in a very similar way. Like I'm basically using them interchangeably but you're you're disagreeing with that. totally i had a little look at the show notes um so gabby prepped up the uh prepped up this episode the notes for this episode and i was like wicked i knew what we we're talking about <laughs> um i actually gabby said that we we're going to be talking about uh, negotiation today so I, I went off on my own and uh made i wrote down okay, okay what are the key what are all the key elements of a success in negotiation and then i had a look at gabby's notes and they're awesome but they, but they cross the <laughs> blue the lines of um sales and and negotiation and I think it's a very interesting distinction that selling. Now, the thing is, selling has got a very bad, uh, bad rap. I think mm. rapport. Um, Why is that? Uh, because it's a highly charged emotional environment, mm-hmm. same as sex and spirituality, and um, sales, sex, spirituality. Yeah, the three S's. Nice. The three S's of uh, stimulation. Not- <laughs> that works. Yeah, it works. That it's works. true, right? So, but so, like sales, sales is an interesting thing, and I think that there's like one element. Sales is sales is uh, influence and persuasion, and I believe in uh, I believe in ethical selling, mm-hmm. and I think that most people don't realize that everyone's selling all of the, all of the time. Like everyone is selling one hundred percent of the time. If you're if you're trying to convince your significant other to I don't know, go to a certain restaurant for dinner. You're selling. You're like, ah, come on. The tandoori is going to be really good or whatever the case may be. The wings. Um, it's usually the wings. It's usually the wings. Right? It's usually not. It's usually, you're an easy sell on a good set of wings. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same thing if you've got kids and you're trying to convince them to do their homework or whatever. You, you're, you're selling. You mm-hmm. know, you're using influence and persuasion to get somebody else to do something. Now, ethical sales is uh, helping people to... Uh, access opportunities that are potentially outside the comfort zone, but they're going to be to the betterment of their um, prosperity and um, desires and, and desired outcomes. <laughs> Unethical selling is using influence and persuasion to get people to do things that they probably isn't in their best interest or that they may not have um, been aspiring to do prior to the conversation or whatever. So 
that's unethical, unethical selling. I think there's a whole, there's a whole, um, we could do a whole podcast just on uh, ethical selling mm-hmm. because I think it's a super awesome skill. Mm. Like it's sick. It's really good. Not from the idea that you can manipulate others, but from the idea, from the understanding of how you can um, utilize uh, your uh, intellect and dialogue to help other people is what I think. Hmm. The difference between selling and negotiation though, negotiation is typically when you have um, two diametrically opposed positions and you are uh, navigating a pathway to achieve a, uh, a point on the ground. So hmm. negotiation is a little more like, um, like being on a battlefield and seeing who can stake the flag furthest on the other side. of. If you've got two, two sides and there's no man's land in the middle, and it's like who, and if you drew a line directly down the middle of that no man's land and you said, okay, this is my half and this is your half and all of that room in between is, is the negotiation table, it's who can put their flag where on the table. That's kind of, that's kind of what negotiation is. Mm-hmm. Now, to say things like battlefield um, <laughs> makes it sound like it's a, um, like you've got to go in there swinging, like you've got yeah. to, you're going to go and fight. And I think that that's one way of negotiating uh, and personally I think it's the wrong way of negotiating. Mm. Do you think that's probably why these kind of conversations do have a bad stigma because there's a lot of people that do this unethically? Most people just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Right. So negotiation, um, negotiation is an intellectual sport, much like business. Mm-hmm. And oh, actually, so negotiation is an emotional sport more than an intellectual one. It's an emotional sport. Why emotional? Um, because your capacity to negotiate will be directly uh, correlated to your ability to control your emotions. If you can't control your emotions, you'll never negotiate well. Who's ever been? Who's ever been in a? Um, you know, maybe you've been travelling and you've been in a marketplace, and you know you've gone you go through the market, and then the typically women could be a man or whatever. You look at a t-shirt, and all of a sudden they're like, ah, buy it, buy it, buy it, and they're trying to they're trying to sell you, mm-hmm. right? And then you might go, oh, well, how much is it? And then that transitions from selling to negotiation, right? And then in that negotiation, they'll say, oh, it's 10 bucks. And you'll be like, what? It's only worth two. And they'll be like, ah, oh, come on. They'll, they'll use influence and persuasion. So that like sales and negotiation are tied, mm. and like, but they are separate kind of things. You can have a selling situation, which is not a negotiation, uh, but you can, and you can have a negotiation situation, which is not a selling situation to some degree. Actually, is that even true? No, I might have just uh, look. There, there's always going to like. There's always going. You're always going to be required to influence and persuade the other person. Mm. Okay, but it's sounding like sales is kind of like if there is a discussion to be had, yes or no, and then once you if said yes that we're having this discussion, then it becomes negotiation to some degree. Yeah. Yep. To, to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. I think they like there's there's definitely an intertwining of the two, but I think it depends on how you want to apply the discussion. Because like there's always going to be uh, influence and persuasion involved and there's always going to be uh, emotional fortitude involved. Mm-hmm. And understanding how to unpack those two and then how to how to how to position yourself in that environment to get the, the the best result or certainly the best result for you is super important. I do think there's a whole the whole conversation we could have just on on sales, mm-hmm. um, but sales and negotiation in the, in this sense, for example, if you don't have the right emotional fortitude, the t-shirt might only be worth a dollar. Like it might only actually like like if a local person were to go up and buy it, it might actually only be worth a dollar. Like that might be actually the sale price for a local person. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you're probably going to end up paying about seven, right? Because most people don't have the emotional fortitude. Oh, I can't argue with that person. I don't. Yeah. Oh, you know, and they don't really want to do it. 
So negotiation is an emotional sport. Mm-hmm. I say a sport, right? Because you need to you need to view it as such. It's not a life or death battle. It's uh it's a game. And whoever can whoever can understand the rules of the game and learn the right skills and play the game the best will win the sport and win the game. Mm. Make sense? Yep. So I actually mapped out um seven key points uh, in the art of ethical negotiation. Do you want to run through some Wonderful. of those? Wonderful. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. You haven't seen these. I have not seen these. <laughs> like, they better be good. Yeah, I think I they mean. are. I think they are and I think they're super important. <laughs> I don't think it's what people are going to think because I, I kind of framed this. When you said we we're going to be talking about negotiation today, I was like, okay, here's like what are the seven key points uh, in the art of ethical negotiation from the position of goose mm-hmm. and how could you apply how can you apply that specifically to you know negotiating on a property but obviously in any negotiation is is the way I viewed it now a lot of people have got this uh, misguided perception that um, negotiation is about going in hard and staking your claim and not moving and they're, they're like they go in there trying to like kickbox the other person mm. they go in there like on attack. Yep. And in fact, I actually interesting. I was talking to a um a lovely woman a couple of days ago who uh, told me that she'd been trying to buy an investment property and she'd had no luck. She just she had no luck. Every time she tried to buy a property, somebody else ended up paying like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more. And I was like, Whoa. that sounds like. Hang on. What do you mean? Every time they're paying one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more. I was like, okay, what was your strategy? She was like, oh, well, I just went in there really low. I wanted to get it like 20% under listing price or whatever. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's possible to do that. Uh, and if you, it's like anything. If you, if you fire a thousand arrows, yeah. um, you know, eventually one's going to land and, and land and hit a target. Yeah, right. if you do it enough times, or you you might hear a story that one person did it enough times, and but they'll only tell you about the time that it worked. Then totally, say, oh, well, you got to do it this way. T- totally. In the meantime, though, she'd been trying to negotiate in this way that she thought the way that you negotiated was understand what the real value is, go in twenty percent lower than the real value, don't budge, don't move, and hope that you get it. And then the problem—that's fine. <laughs> That's totally fine, I guess, if that's your strategy. But the problem is, though, she'd done that a few times, wasn't getting anywhere, had wasted months of her life, months of her time. She was, she'd wasted weekends and weekends, not spending time with her family and kids, all of this kind of stuff. And she came to me and she was like, I don't know what to do. I can't, I just, it seems like I can't invest in property. Oh, no way. Yeah, she was like, I, I just can't do it. Like, there's something wrong and I think I need help. I said, well, I think you're... There was a few things wrong. She had a, yeah. a misplaced strategy and she also didn't know how to she, she didn't know how to negotiate. And it's interesting as well because we get some people who will come and work with us and they'll say, oh, I don't want to, you know, I want 10% under market value or whatever. And I'm like, negotiation is not just about getting the right price, getting the right value. You know, price is what you pay and value is what you get. So the interesting thing about that is to understand what is the value proposition hmm. and what is important to both sides of the table. Hmm. So, point number one in the art of ethical negotiation is understanding. Most people don't think it starts with understanding. I'll actually read out the seven points and we'll go through them, okay? The seven points in the art of ethical negotiation are understanding, empathy, assertiveness, knowledge, flexibility, integrity, and respect. Notice how none of them are aggression. None of them are getting the best price. Force. Force, stubbornness. Power. No, it's all about care, consideration, and, and, and how do you navigate this. Awesome. You've got to remember there's two sides to every coin. And 
if you the more that you can you got to be like water so and and water has the power to to create something like the grand canyon but it also has the ability to move around obstacles and get to get to its destination mm. all right and this is the secret to negotiating well is being like water so firstly not point number one is understanding you got to understand the motives and the motivations of the other side so <laughs> one of the first one of the first uh, things that I'll ask whenever I speak to a selling agent when I'm trying to negotiate on a property is, okay, so, you, you know, why is the, why is the vendor selling? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be, oh, it could be it's been a divorce. They could be upsizing, downsizing. Um, they could have taken a job somewhere else. They could, any number of things, retirees or, you know, look, who, who knows? And it's like, okay, cool. Once you start to understand their position, who are they? Who are they? Are they old? Are they young? Are they investors? Are they owner-occupiers? Like, what's the, what's the score? Hmm. Who are they? And then you've got to understand why, uh, what is their motivation? And are they more motivated by price or terms? Because in a negotiation on, on a property particularly, there's only, two real, there's only two, really, two real things that you can negotiate on, price or terms. Some people want more money and, uh, for, their, for their house but, and they'll accept whatever terms you want to do. Short, long, and in between, doesn't matter. They just want the maximum price. Other people want a really fast sale and they're prepared to lose money. Well, leave money on the table is a better way of putting it. Leave money on the table in order to get out quicker. So if you can understand the motives and the motivations of the other side, then you can put yourself in a good position. See, if you try and negotiate on price and terms, you're not really allowing the other person, you're not really like giving much. So I'll usually try and go. Okay, cool. So is what's the vendor motivated by? And they look. Are they? Are they oh, and I, I, I won't. You. I, I don't mix my language. What is the vendor's motivation? Are they looking for price or terms? Ask the question. Hmm. And usually you'll get an answer. Well, and look. Oh, and you can have a bit of. Oh, of course, everyone wants both, right? But really, like, let's be realistic here. What, like, what, what's what? What are they looking for? What's going to be the best result for them? I think that's really important for um for like from a, from an investment perspective to consider because usually investors you know their primary um motivator there would be the price so they've got a certain budget and they want to they believe they they'll do the due diligence and they'll believe that this is the value and they're willing to spend up to x amount so they could be really you know set on the max that they're going to pay for that but the vendor might actually need amazing terms. They might be happy to pay that, but they actually need like a 60, 90, 120 day settlement for their personal situation. And then you can meet in the middle, I suppose, on something that works for both of you. Whereas if you had have just gone like foot down, this is what I want and not considered or tried to understand what they want. Totally. Then you both lose out. The very first step is trying to work out how you can create a win for the other person. Hmm. And this is a bit that most people miss. Step one is not how do you create a win for you. Step one is how do you create a win for the other person. Yeah. All right, which leads us on to the second point, empathy. Show the other person you care and build a connection, mm-hmm. right? So once you can understand what the motivation is, then you can go, okay, well, how do I create a win for them? Because the sooner that you can show them empathy and go, oh, okay, look, you're, you're trying to get out of here really fast. Okay, well, what can we do? We could potentially shorten the settlement. Like how short could we go? Speak, look, I'll speak to my bank. Um, I'll see how quickly we can do a settlement if that's going to be really important to them. Like, we'll work with you. We want, we care. Hmm. We care. 
You'd be surprised how far you get in the world when you start loving other people. It's awesome. It's great. Like, <laughs> like most people think that the way to get what you want in life is to go and take, take, take. The way to get what you want in life is to give, give, give. Mm. Like 100%. Like absolutely 100%. Now, when you give and you love other people, you actually in turn usually end up getting what you want as well. But that shouldn't be the reason to do it, but that's usually the, the result. Mm-hmm. So showing empathy to the other person is, to, is finding out what they need and showing that you care. Being respectful, right? We'll get to respect in a, 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 towards the end, right? But if you can understand their motivation and then you, if you can cry, try and work out how to create a win for them and, uh, and, and genuinely show that you are taking into consideration their circumstance, their condition, their, all of that stuff, then you can start to build rapport. That's great, but at a certain point, you do need to be assertive. Because if you're a pushover and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm here to negotiate. What, what does the vendor want? Okay. Oh, well, I love them and I'll do whatever it is they want. Well, that's, that's, yeah. not, that's not really going to get you where you want, right? There's yeah. a difference between being, an, being empathetic and just like being spineless, right? Yeah, because you can nail those first two points. You can, you can prioritize understanding what they need and what they want and, and show empathy and do everything you can to try and build a win for them. But then I guess you need to also put forward your case and what you need. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is this is the thing: empathy is uh, empathy is showing care and consideration, love and respect for somebody else, and assertiveness is knowing your position, right? And you can be assertive without being aggressive. You can be assertive without being rude. You can be assertive and authoritative without deriding somebody else, right? These things are exclusive. So you can have love, care, consideration, respect, understanding for another person and then still state your position, know exactly what it is you want and decide whether or not you're going to get it and be respectful about it, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this, all winds in, this is all going to wind in together into integrity and respect and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think by the end of it, you're going to get a really good understanding that the way to get what you want is to, is to know the other person, know yourself and show respect. But assertiveness is to be clear and concise and direct with what you want. Confidence is key. So let's walk through a little scenario because it might help to build some visuals. Let's just say there's a property that's listed for $350,000, okay? You've done your homework. You've done your due diligence. You, you're prepared, right? This is important because confidence is key. And in order for you to be confident, you need to know your shit, okay? You can't be confident if you're like, hey, I just saw this listing and I, I'm not really sure what it's worth, but I'm just like, can I get it for 20% less? <laughs> Like that's not confident and that's stupid and that's reckless. Yeah. So firstly, it's listed for 350. Do your homework. Okay. Is it worth 350? Is it worth 380? What's it worth? What's the value proposition? You know, how much, how much would you pay for it? The difference between the value proposition and the price is, is really important because the, 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 it might be listed for 350 and worth 350 in its current condition for what it is, but the potential of it might be a lot more. So, for example, maybe it's subdividable into three lots. Uh, maybe you can do a cosmetic renovation and increase the value on it. Or maybe you can add a granny flat. So the value proposition might exceed what the current value price is. Okay, so you've got to look at the as-is value and then you've got to look at the future, future, future potential value. But let's just say you've, you, you, it's a $350,000 house and you're like, okay, I'm interested in it. Um, I think it's worth $350,000 as it is. But of course, I want to try and get a good deal. All right? So let's just say that um, you want to pay 
$30,000 for it, all right? Let's just mm-hmm. say. Now, you might, you might uh, contact the agent and say, hi, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Agent. How are you today? Yes, great. This is who I am. And I've been checking out the property and it looks really great. And always pay them a compliment, build rapport. Look, I really, you know, the, the listing's really good. And I think you've done a great job. And I love the way you described that. And the photos look really good. And, you know, you seem like, a, like you're doing a lot in the area. And I've been keeping my eye out. How wonderful and how good. But by the way, like, has there been much interest in the property? And, oh, yeah, okay, fantastic. And oh, look, what's the vendor's motivation? What is it that they need most? Okay, because, you know, I want to try and create a win-win scenario here. Okay, right. Okay, got it. Okay, oh, they, have they got, oh, they've already got somewhere else they're trying to move into, but they need to sell this place first. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's more important to them that we can do this quickly. Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Okay, wonderful. Great. Well, look, I, I appreciate the situation. Um, I've done a bit of due diligence on the property and, look, I can be flexible on terms in this situation to make this work for the vendor because I know that this is important to them. But the most I'm prepared to pay for this property is $330,000. Do you think that's going to get it over the line? Because what that is is very clear and concise and direct with what you want. This is how much I'm prepared to pay. Mm-hmm. I, I, already, I understand. I'm prepared to offer you. Cool, I'll do whatever it is you want and this is my position. And this is what I want to do. Now, you always got to have a window of movement. You never start at your end point. Right? But let's just say you're prepared to pay up to $350,000 for it, but you're trying to get a good deal. So be clear, concise, and direct with what you want in confidence. Right? Understand what it is you're trying to pay for. Clearly understand. And then number four is knowledge. Clearly understand the mechanics of the deal. Mm. Okay, so, okay, so is it... Is there an easement on the property? Is there, um, is, it, is it currently tenanted? Um, is, can, can we get an inspection? What, like you've got to understand all of the moving parts of it because if you don't understand them, all of the moving parts and all of the composition of the deal, you'll never be able to understand how to navigate the best value proposition because every single piece in the deal is a little lever that you can pull or move. What about this? Is that an inclusion or an exclusion? Do we get this or do we get that? Well, okay, look, all right, I get it. They want 350 but the pergola at the back is like it's completely rotted and we're going to have to take the whole thing down. It's probably going to cost me $5,000, mm-hmm. right? And so if you can understand the mechanics of the deal, then you can start to use your knowledge as a negotiation uh, tool. You go, look, I, I understand that they want $350,000. I want to pay $340,000. Sorry, $330,000. The reason I want to pay $330,000 is, in fact, I noticed that there was two houses quite similar to this, just a block away, and they actually only sold for three twenty. dollars Now, I, I respect that this house is like is maybe in a slightly better spot. Maybe there's slightly less public housing in this street. But I've also noticed that there's a covenant or there's uh, an encumbrance or that there's an easement or, look, I, you know, I, I think maybe actually we... I can do. I can maybe do three forty, but it's going to be subject to building and pest and finance. You can understand the mechanics of the deal and make sure you've got enough maneuverability. Does that make sense? Any? Have you got any questions on that, Gabby? Yeah, I was just thinking. I feel like this is where a lot of people go wrong, right? This is if you're a less experienced investor or negotiator in anything, there's a lack of patience to actually do the due diligence to this level. Yeah, because they kind of. They, they find a deal and then they get scared that they're going to lose it. So they'll just call straight away and try and make an offer and not do any of the research. And I think part of all of this is you, you do it enough times, you build up the muscle and you get 
practice and you get better and you get quicker every time. So like for us, like we, like if we find a property that's like an amazing opportunity, we can, we can do full DD on it within like 20 minutes, half an hour if we need to. Um, but most people, if you're just starting out, particularly that it might take them a few hours, a day, two days trying to figure out like, is this actually what I need to be doing next? Is this actually worth what I believe it is? Is it actually got the value that I need right now? Um, and most people don't have the patience to do that. So they jump ahead and they, they try and get the answers out of the agent who might not be giving you the full picture. And I mean, that's why you end up doing inspections and things to give you a bit more of the picture. But you're right, you need to do as much knowledge building about the value prop before you even pick up the phone. Yeah, totally. Because then you'll know how you can move. Because mm. negotiations are dance. It's not a fight. It's a dance. Yeah. You know, you've got to know how you can move and like what, you know, what tools you've got in your toolkit, what moves you've got up your sleeve, mm. you know, how are you going to dazzle the other person and how are you going to show them that you're the right suitor? Because really at the end of the day, somebody has to yield, you know, somebody has to yield. And, and in fact, if you don't yield in a negotiation, you're probably a fool, right? You've, but you've got to understand, you've got to set yourself up to only yield as much as you know that you can or should. So, for example, if you know that um, you want it for three thirty, but the numbers still work for you at three forty-five, right? The numbers still work for you, and it's still a really great deal at three forty-five because you can say subdivide it, um, and they haven't they haven't advertised it like that, and they they're not really aware or whatever. But you've seen it, you've worked it out, and you can you can subdivide it, and you're like the numbers stack up, and this is a sick deal. It yields really well and it's really good at 3.45. You might start at 3.30, but you might know, okay, look, ultimately, if this is a great deal at 3.45, I can move to there and I can still be comfortable in that. It doesn't mean you, don't, it doesn't mean you just walk in and go, hey, I'll pay 3.45, take it or leave it, catch you later. No, you go in and, and you know how you can move and shift because, of course, why wouldn't you want a slightly better deal that you could get it? And particularly, particularly if you can still do that in a way that is going to benefit the vendor, Right. Hey, I, so I can get this for three thirty, and you get what you want, which is a quick sale. Win win. That mm-hmm. is fantastic. Which is the goal? That's the goal. Yeah. It's a win win. Yeah. There's no like. There's got to. There's got to be a win on both sides. A, a bad negotiation is one where only one side wins. And I think that's where where most people go wrong with it is they think they need to beat the other person rather than win with the other person. Yeah, and, and, it's te- and it's technically not even a win then. Like you might think it's a win, but the other person's like, this was a terrible experience. No, if a win creates a loss, it negates itself. It becomes, it becomes neutral. Yeah. So if a win, if your win creates somebody else's loss, then you have transferred energy and created a void in order to create, in order to create some matter. And when you do that, it cancels itself out on a universal energy level. You shouldn't be aiming to do that. A win should create a win. Mm-hmm. If a win creates a loss, then you've taken advantage of someone. And I'm pretty sure most people don't like, well, I don't want to take advantage of other people. No, no of course you don't. No. So like this is, this is where ethics comes into it. Awesome. So number five. Number five, flexibility. Be like water. Flow around obstacles to get where you want to go. Undoubtedly, you're going to be dealing with personalities, emotions, uh, technical obstacles, legislative barriers, all kinds of different stuff. You could have things changing and shifting at the last minute. You could do a building and pest inspection and there's termites. 
you know, for example, and like, so understand how to move around these. Maybe you do do a building and pest inspection and there are termites. So do you stop and walk away and go, nope, there's termites, I'm out. Well, you could do that. Or you could say, well, the value proposition is actually still really good. But I understand my numbers. I know my position. And look, I do care for the other person. But in fact, it's going to cost me um, $10,000 to replace that wall and to get a full treatment in here and to do all of that kind of stuff. So unfortunately, I know we said 340000 subject to building and pest and finance, but we've done the building and pest and there's actually all these issues and I'm going to need to fix those for this house to be habitable and this is not what I really signed up for. So how can we navigate this together? Because if you want to sell the house and I still want to buy it, it's just that we've found an obstacle. We need to move around it. Mm-hmm. So, so being flexible and being like water, you, the, end of the, 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 the goal is to get from where you are to where you want to be. Right, And if you stop every time you come across an obstacle, you're just never going to get anywhere. Or you might, but it's going to be a very clunky and disjointed journey. Mm. I think with that as well, like it goes back to the knowledge, like understanding the value proposition of that particular purchase. Um, but it's also like a deep self-awareness of what you need and what you're capable of as an investor. So like one person might be totally fine emotionally and mental capacity and physical capacity to manage you know a small renovation where there might be a small like cosmetic defect in that building report but another investor might completely just be like i just am not doing any works to it ever not ever but like this purchase right now it does not involve any renovations whatsoever so it's knowing that again before you even go into that and i think it's hard because a lot of the time you don't ask yourself those questions until you get the choice, until there's like, this is the situation, how do you want to handle it? Uh, and I think that's when people react emotionally, right? They think, well, I don't want to lose the deal, so I'll just do it, whereas it, m- it might not ever work for them. Yeah, well, that's it. That's where knowledge comes into it, right? Mm. You know, no, that's where knowledge and assertiveness comes into it. You know, you've got to be empathetic to the other person and and you've got to be fluid but you've also got to know your position yep how do you handle a negotiation where the other side is being inflexible so you're you're trying to you're trying to be like usually leave yep you know what i mean like you're trying you're trying to be flexible and then just like no this is it this is how it is i usually leave why because um, that's, not, that's not the kind of world that I want to operate with, within, which mm-hmm. I think leads us on to uh, the next point quite nicely. Uh, point number six is integrity. Operate with a clearly defined set of moral guidelines. Nice. Right? So I have found deals which have stacked up on due diligence and when I've called the agent, they have been rude, inflexible and unwilling to engage in any kind of meaningful discussion and I've just said, okay, cool, thanks, catch you later. Bye. I won't call you again and I'll never buy a property off you. Thanks. See ya. Just so unfortunate for the vendor. It's very unfortunate for the vendor. So anytime, anytime that you, are, uh, you come across that, like you've got a decision to make. If, if the other side's completely inflexible, they may be completely inflexible, but the deal still stacks up. Mm. They might say, look, I am absolutely not going to move. I must have $350,000 and it must be a 60-day settlement and I am not going to negotiate. I don't care. That's it. Yep. But if the deal's worth three eighty, and you don't care if it takes, you can be like, okay, cool. Where do I sign? Yeah. Not a problem. All right? But if they're... Um, if their position is not in line with 
the value proposition and if they're not flexible, I usually just leave. Like you're not going to get anywhere with it. You're only going to, you're only going to um, distress yourself. Now, what you can do though is you can keep an eye on it. And here's a little hack because pe- some people are inflexible and they're very stubborn and that stubbornness usually bites them in the ass. So if you happen to see that that deal is still on the market mm. three months later, mm-hmm. you might go back and go, look, are you, hey, have you, <laughs> are ha- you still an ass? <laughs> yeah. Have you stopped being a dick? <laughs> do, do you want to have a discussion please, now or not? Please ask it that way. Yeah. because Yeah. <laughs> hello. Hello, Mr. Vendor. Have you stopped being a dick yet? <laughs> um, no, but look, let's, let's be real. Like you, you've only got so much time and energy in a day and do you want to waste it trying to fight, uh, trying to fight battles that you're probably not going to win when somebody mm-hmm. else doesn't want to win with you? Yep. Right. And you could operate with a clearly set, clearly defined set of moral guidelines. Firstly, you've got to care and love for other people. Secondly, you've got to be ethical, honest, open, and transparent. You never try and cheat anyone. Never try and never try and uh, take advantage of somebody else. I mean, like crikey! And that, if you were negotiating uh, a deal with someone who was uh, financially or emotionally handicapped, right, in some way. Do you do how do you, how would you feel about taking advantage of them, driving the screws in? You know, how would you feel about driving them down to get every last dollar out of the deal? If that's you, then you, this is probably not the podcast for you. Catch you later, right? But the reality is, you've got to operate with a clearly defined set of moral guidelines. Hey, maybe your moral guidelines say I don't care about anybody else, and all I want is money. Great. Then you should probably only look for. Um, Deceased estates and hit them hard as soon as the person's passed away and drive the screws in whilst they're emotional. That'll good. Go for it. That's not how I like to operate. No. Right? And what, how I like to operate is with a clearly defined set of moral guidelines that are based on the, the betterment of our community at large. And that means that you operate in a way that you want the world to be, which is kind, uh, considerate, uh, loving, uh, flexible, um, you know, complimentary, all of that kind of stuff because you can still get what you want. You know, the reality is my negotiation skills on properties are very good and I get very good prices and I negotiate very good deals and I don't lose very many good deals. And the, the reality is the reason that that happens is because I understand the position that we're at. I understand the deal very deeply and I also understand how to find uh, the winning situation for somebody else whilst also creating a win for our clients. Right? And if you can combine all that together, you're going to be in a better position. So understanding how to operate in that environment is important and also understanding when to say no and walk away if somebody else is acting in a way that is incongruent with your set of ethics and moral guidelines is very important too. Mm. Sweet. Final point is respect. Respect yourself, respect the other side and know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Right, respect is really important. You can get to a point in a negotiation where you just don't agree with someone, and that's okay. And you can just very clearly say, "Look, it just it appears that look, I understand and I respect your position. I understand why you're selling. I understand what you're trying to achieve, but it just doesn't seem like what I want and what you want are going to meet in the middle. And so, it just maybe this isn't. Maybe we're not going to be able to do a deal here. That's it. Yeah, walk away." Knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them is the critical thing. And a lot of people let their the they they operate their negotiation on uh, like using their using their their emotional uh, position. Oh, I'm so far into this negotiation now, and it's like, no, does it stack up or not? Okay, is it a good deal or is it not a good deal? Does it still work for me? Does it still work for the vendor? Is everyone getting what they need out of this? Is it still a good 
deal? This is the big question. Is it still a good deal? You can apply this to anything. It's not have I got the cheapest price or have I won the most points? Is this still a good deal? Now, a deal is comprised of a whole bunch of stuff, right? But is the deal still good? Is it still the deal that we need for this strategy that we've got going on? Mm. And if not, then just leave because the deal of a day, the deal of a lifetime comes on twice a week, right? If you know how to look for opportunity, there is opportunity everywhere. If you don't think there's much opportunity, then, then you're not looking in the right places. The world is an abundant sea of opportunity and joy and prosperity. And all you need to do is take a little look. So never get scared of losing a deal. This gives you back, this gives you your assertiveness. You can be confident. You can just go, look, is this going to be a good deal? Am I going to have fun with this? Am I going to be able to serve somebody else, serve, serve myself, get to the right outcome, operate with a clearly set of, clearly defined set of moral guidelines, do this in a way that is congruent with who I am as a human and how I want the community to be, and also get a fantastic deal. If the answer is yes, boom, you're on. doesn't mean you don't need to be tough. Because being tough is being assertive. You've got to know your position and stand by it. And if it's a deal worth fighting for, fight for it, right? But fight for it with ethics. Mm. It's an amazing lens to take and that to just to have that question in front of mind with every new piece of information that you receive about that property is like, is this still a good deal? Okay. There is a swimming pool. Is this still a good deal? Mm, yes. Okay. Um, they need to settle in 12 days. Is this still a good deal? Yes. Okay. And is constantly, constantly asking yourself that question. It's a really good framework, I think. Totally, I, hundred percent, I hundred percent agree, and I can guarantee that if you follow these steps or these these kind of points, then you'll master the art of ethical negotiation, and you'll get a whole lot further. Not just with property, but just with life. Like honestly, like if you can understand how to apply this in anything that you're trying to negotiate on, could be trying to get your partner to go for tandoori, right? If you can understand all this, understand the motives and motivations of the other side, show the other person you care and build a connection, be clear and concise and direct with what you want, be confident, clearly understand the mechanics of the situation or the deal, be like water and flow around the obstacles to get to where you want to go, operate with a clearly defined set of moral guidelines and respect yourself and the other side and know when to hold them and when to fold them, you're going to be totally fine. Yeah, just looking at that list, I think to be to be totally honest, I think that's why we enjoy what we do so much is yep. because that is how we show up in the world. Because why would you show up in any other way? Why would you show up in a way that it's a competition and you're trying to fight and you're trying to defeat some other side when you can all work collaboratively and still get amazing results? Everyone wants to win, right? Yeah, I think people think that if if you're acting in a way that is understanding and with empathy and assertive and flexible and with integrity i think people think that well you might you must be a pushover you might not be getting the best deals but it's a way better it's just a way better world to be living in if you if you have to take a sledgehammer to something to make it a good deal it has to be a pretty bloody good deal Hmm. You know, like it's got to be worth that effort. It's going to be worth that emotional effort. And just going back to that point that if the only way you can create a win is by creating somebody else's loss, you're missing the point. I think that's kind of the key in my perspective on how to, uh, how to negotiate ethically. Do you have any questions on that? Do you think it's brought value to people? I think that was awesome. Sweet. I like you though, so I'm, 
I like what you say. Well, if you've listened to this and you have any interest in this, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know your feedback. Maybe you don't like me quite so much. Uh, and I'll I'd love to know that you. too. No, I won't. No, no fighting. No, no you'll negotiate ethically to persuade <laughs> them to, ethically with you. to understand a better perspective. I will be like water. Don't you'll you worry. You'll be like water. Um, but if this has been mm-hmm. a benefit to you and a benefit to and maybe a benefit to other people, then please uh, let us know and like, share, comment, rate, review, do all of that kind of good, good, good stuff because we love it. We do. Sweet. That's right. Amazing. That's rapid. Now, if you want, uh, if you want some help and uh, some assistance, and you want somebody to help you navigate how to buy a property, um, let us know. We help people do this kind of stuff every single day of the week. Um, there's obviously a lot of moving parts when you do go and buy property, and understanding the deal and, and being able to uh, ethically negotiate. An important part of that, as I pointed out, is understanding the mechanics of the deal, mm-hmm. having the knowledge and the skills and the emotional fortitude to be able to navigate that, not get swept up in emotion, know when it's a good deal, know when to hold them, know when to fold them and how to operate ethically. And if you want somebody to do that on your behalf and somebody to help you achieve your property goals 300 to 600% faster than the average investor, yes, you heard that right, 300, mm-hmm. 300 to 600% faster than the average investor, which is what we do, then you can just reach out to us. Just head to uh, dashdot.com.au forward slash discovery. Yes. That works, doesn't it? That works. Go there. God, that was lucky. (laughs) Making it up. I was like, uh, is that the right idea? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) head there, book in a 15-minute call. Let's have a chat. And if I think that we can help, then sweet. If not, sweet. Because if it's not a win for you and it's not a win for me, then it's not a win for both of us, then we're not on. But if it is a win for all of us, then let's get it going on. <laughs> and if you have listened this far into the podcast and you haven't switched off, then I want to thank you personally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, our podcast, our podcast is growing uh, at a great rate and we are pumped because that means that um, people like you find value in what we're sharing. We want to provide more value. If you can give us some feedback on what you love, what you hate, um, what you want to know more about, Mm. then we can start to craft this audio ecosystem in a way that you desire. You can start to paint the textures of your own audio sphere and we will be your paintbrush. So with that, and if you want to get access, (laughs) do you like that, Gabby? (laughs) Come on with some great ones. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good. Anyway, if you want to get access to us, then just head to, um, as I said, www.dashdoc.com.au forward slash discovery. If you want to access free resources, guides, tools, and of course, our exclusive online community, then head to www.theinvestorlab.com.au. Thanks for being part of this awesome journey. Thank you. See you on the inside. Bye.